Chapter 5 I set the pace, fast. We did not speak. We walked. I stopped twice along the way, and she seemed grateful for the pause and the drink. But if she was in pain or suffering in some way, she did not say. By the time we got close to the rental car, it was well into the afternoon. But we stopped well before the car, at the top of a stony ridge that looked down upon the end of Muleer's Road, which was a loop of asphalt. From up high we could clearly see my blue Ford rental, maybe five hundred yards away on the valley floor. A big white Chevy Tahoe patrol vehicle was parked behind it. The Tahoe had a green stripe on the back door and flashers on the roof. Border Patrol. This was border country. A constant flow of migrants passed through here every day of the week, every week of every month of every year. The border patrol was stretched thin, but they did what they could. I took a long pull on the water bottle and watched. Nothing moving. If there were cops in there, they were enjoying the A.C., perhaps napping. I passed the water to the woman next to me. She drank thirstily. From that vantage point, I could see the road snaking out for several miles. Muleer's road went in a straight line along the valley floor, and then cut around and through a rocky cluster in a series of bends, like a snake track. I pointed and said, See over there? Where the road bends around the rocks? She followed my gesture. I see it. Get yourself to the other side of the rocks. Should take you twenty minutes. I'll wait until you're there. Then I'll go down. I expect the border cops will come behind me, because there's nothing else to do where they are. But they'll wait a minute or two first. What if they come right after you? Then I'll be back when I can. You just sit tight. The woman nodded carefully, evaluating the situation in her own way, wondering if twenty minutes would do it. I unslung my backpack and took out the Glock and the matching M&Ps. I weighed them up and chose the Glock. Not because I liked it better, but because I had test-fired it. The Smith & Wessons went under a rock. I handed the Glock to her and said, Take this. I also gave her the remains of the water, which was not much. She said, See you later. I watched the woman go down the slope on the other side. It took fifteen minutes for her to get down the mountain, and wind her way around obstacles across the desert floor to the rock cluster. By then, she was a small moving object against the desert. I set off down toward the car. Five minutes later, I arrived at the rental car. The border patrol vehicle was still behind the Ford. There were two cops in the Tahoe, engine running. Both of them wore sunglasses. Both of them tracked me as I approached. I nodded to them and waved. They did nothing back. I unlocked the Ford with a key fob. The border cops watched. The car was scorching hot, almost unbearable to be in, which made no difference. I got into it, fired up the engine, and cranked the AC. I swung the Ford around the asphalt loop and accelerated back up Mueller's road. I glanced in the rear view. The Tahoe did not move. So far, so good. Driving, it only took a minute to get to the cluster of rocks that had seemed distant from the ridge. 
Once through the sequence of turns, the rocks ended, and Muleer's road straightened out. I stopped the car. The woman was there, running to the passenger side, opening the door, getting in, and closing it again. I drove. She snapped her seatbelt in. Ten minutes later, we turned a bend and hit the intersection, leading toward Texas Route 118. She said, You got a name, Mr. Tourist? Keeler. Looks like you saved my ass, Keeler. My name is Elena. I looked over at Elena. She was trying to stay awake, but having a hard time. The Glock rested in her lap, fingers curled loosely around the butt. Not the safest place to put a gun. The desert spread out in all directions, low rolling hills and bleached rock. The road deviated a little from the straight line drawn on a map, then replicated on the ground by men and machines, concluding at the end of Mule Ears Road. I said, put the gun under the seat. The drive is two hours and change. You can sleep. When we get there, we can figure out what happens next. The drive where? I'm headed to a place called Twin Forks. Want to go somewhere else? She said, I need to get away from the border. I said, fine. Twin Forks is away from the border. Elena's hair was dark, with strands of gray. Her nose was not big or long, just prominent and substantial and fitting right in with the rest of her features. Cheekbones were high, eyes large. She came to a decision and nodded. The Glock went under the seat. She leaned back against the headrest and closed her eyes. She was asleep within five minutes. The road was dead straight, far as the eye could see. I parsed the situation into its component parts. Here was an illegal who had crossed over the Rio Grande. That much was routine. The terrain was tough in that location, which made it a good crossing point. One of the coyotes had taken a liking to Elena and tried to help himself, also routine. She had defended herself. Not routine, pretty much unheard of, which made her a special case. I figured that Elena's belongings had been back at the camp with the other illegals. Maybe her money, too. Now she had nothing except what she wore on her back. There were no ethical questions that needed resolving. No gray areas of philosophy that I needed to weigh. A brave and resilient woman was in deep shit. A perfect candidate for assistance. There was no need to consider the medium to long term. Only the short-term urgency of getting her safe. Bringing her to Mallory's place was out of the question. It was my problem, not theirs. Elena needed to clean up, get fed, and get into some clean clothes without holes in them. Then we would see. I looked at her again. My mother had come to the U.S. from France, and this country was all the better for it. Defending herself successfully against an armed rapist made Elena a valuable future citizen. The Desert Inn was a low and flat fake stucco building in pink and beige, set across Texas Route 117 from the gas station where I had eaten breakfast. The sign out front announced, Free Wi-Fi, HBO, and a discount for members of the American Association of Retired Persons. The rooms were side by side, built around the parking lot in a half-rectangle.
I pulled the car in on the other side of the lot from the office. The only vehicle in the lot was an old Dodge, parked next to the office. Elena was awake by then and looking around. I said, I'm going to get a room. You wait here. Why are you getting a room? I need to get the hell away from here. Can't you just drop me at the bus station? I can do that, but take a look at yourself. The border patrol will pick you up in under five minutes if I let you out. Elena pulled the rearview mirror to her and appraised herself. She was dusty, dirty, bloody, and scratched up. Thorns and burrs were stuck to her shirt and jeans. She pushed the mirror back. Why are you helping me? No reason except you need help. She thought for a minute. I appreciate the help, but nothing's going to happen in that room. She looked up at me. I said, fine by me. Like I said, it's up to you. If you want me to drop you off somewhere, I can. Elena thought, then nodded her head slowly and made the call. Okay, let's do it like you said. It makes sense, and thank you. She dug her thumb and forefinger under the waistband of her jeans, pulled up a money belt. She said, how much is a room here? I said, when I drop you off somewhere, we can settle up. For the moment, I'll pay. Lena looked at me for a while and then nodded her head. Okay, 